it wouldn't be October if we didn't have a Saturday for the ages in college football as we recap all the madness here on the Matt Berry Show, ESPN College Football YouTube channel, as we do each and every Sunday with the great Paul Feinbaum. Um, look, I, I, I am so torn of where to start. And I think I'll start from where we last left the building, which is 2.30 a.m. Eastern. And Caleb Williams somehow, someway, saving Lincoln Riley's ass again and getting a win in triple overtime, leaving me stunned that they got away with it that late at night, that early in the morning. And for me, poking so many holes in what USC is right now as a team. Yeah, Matt, I mean, we we were at this same juncture a week ago after Colorado, and uh, it's about to end, uh, you know, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Utah, Washington, Oregon, just go down the list. It, it really doesn't matter which week it is. I mean, they are they are beyond the, the high wire. Uh, they're at the precipice, and, you know, it's too bad because, the, you know, we, we're talking about one of the most exciting offenses we've ever seen, but the, the defense is, is absurd. And we, I mean, just, it's not even – uh, you know, you could say it's a lack of talent. It's, it's a lack of effort. I mean, there's just guys standing around like, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're trying to choose which, uh, which Taylor Swift song to hear next. I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond ridiculous. And, uh, you know, Lincoln is a superb coach, but yesterday in Dallas, they seemed pretty happy that he was for the first time that he was in LA and, uh, and, and they had Brent Venables and, and quite frankly, uh, USC is a great story, but it's, it's about to hit the iceberg. Yeah. You know, it, it's a great juxtaposition because Oklahoma never played defense when Lincoln was there and Lincoln would, would have Heisman trophy winners. They would go to the college football playoff and then they would get beat. Why? Because they let the team score 50 plus points. And now Brenton Venables has bought into the defensive thing. That's his trade. He's defensive coordinator by trade got back into that side of the ball owning that with Oklahoma. We'll get to them in a minute. But this was one of the craziest two hours I think we've seen in college football by major head coaches and major programs we've seen in the history of the sport. Because I don't, we were watching that final drive of USC. The clock management, awful. The decisions were absolutely, absolutely brutal which led to USC botching a game-winning field goal after they botched the final drive an hour and a half, two hours after Mario Cristobal didn't take a knee to win the game. And we're sitting here thinking, like, what What are we doing? Yeah, you know, as far as Mario Cristobal, uh, I think we all, we all agree he's, he's really a good coach and all, all the things we always say before we say but. Um, but, I mean, that's that's one of the most inexcusable decisions uh, in the history of college football uh it it, it reminds me of uh, do you remember 1999 kevin Steele, baylor uh, uh had lost the week before by a missed extra point i think to boston college or somebody and he decided to, to to play bully football at the goal line and we're gonna we're gonna score one more time just to show you guys and and we had a pick up for a 99 yard run that reminded everybody of you know herm edwards in 1978 uh, and Kevin Steele hasn't been a head coach since, at least he's been an interim head coach a few times. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this wasn't just some vagabond coach. I mean, this is Mario Cristobal, who uh, has now had two of the plush jobs in college football. And, you know, what's, what's so ridiculous is that he had things going. 
and 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 I, I don't know how much he threw away with that. Uh, and you know, his, frankly, his his explanation was even worse than his lack of attention during the game. I've just I've net like look, and I I love Mario Cristobal. I think he's one of the great recruiters in college football. I believe that he's going to get Miami back to its place in college football, which is always near the top of the ACC and and playing for conference championships. But you you talk about the explanation. I'm sitting there trying to walk through in my head what the advantage was to not just banging a knee and winning the game. Was he trying to make a stay? He's an offensive line guy by try. We were sitting there watching that. We stopped watching for a minute. Like, oh, they're going to take a knee. We turn around. We see saving to make. We I mean, see this commotion on the field, and we're like, "What? What is going on?" Well, you know, let's just—I mean, there, there's no explanation other than utter stupidity. Um, because how can you not be plugged into that? It's—I mean, he's the head football coach. I just—it—it <laughs> it was. I mean, I mean, there were a million boneheaded decisions yesterday. You know, pick your game, uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, Lincoln Rallo. You mentioned. Um, going up and down the dial, but uh, yeah, Elliot Drinkwitz, uh, but it, <laughs> just to start early. But I mean, that that's that's the most fundamental thing. And I mean, every high school coach in America knows that. Uh, this isn't you don't have to make ten million dollars a year to to be uh, to be that stupid. Uh, I mean, you just you 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 signal it in. Uh, you do whatever you're supposed to do. There, there there's no. I mean, what do you gain? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. And now, and now you're fighting in the ACC that's got Louisville, Florida State, uh, North Carolina, all undefeated on the season. You mentioned Jimbo because I, I segue into that because there were some things in, in that oh, game. Where you just, what, what, like what? Give me for the first part of it. Give me the one thing that you thought A&M did to get in their own way. Well, there was a punt. I think a punt. the thing that got me toward the end was, you know, he's. I mean, they're not. They're they're not making any ground at all. And then they get. They finally get a chance. And was it fourth and three? It was short. Yeah. On. And I mean, and then, I think that's when they kicked the field goal, which got blocked for a touchdown, which came back. I mean, I, I mean, just hey, you got three yards and you have a chance to to tie the game. Go for it. Don't don't screw around uh, with that little time left. Yeah. In in. Look, and I said this on on Sunday Bloody Sunday about Alabama. They have it's to, Paul to me, as we sit here on October eighth. It is crystal clear to me, and it should be to everyone else. Alabama has now figured out who they are. They had an identity crisis the first month of the season because they couldn't figure out quarterback. We knew they could play defense. Offensive line looked a little bit shaky. They now know what Jalen Milrow is as a quarterback. It is frightening now for the rest of the SEC because Alabama. They're going to kill you by a thousand paper cuts this year because they're not really explosive. And they just went into college station yesterday, a place they lost the last time they played. And in the second half of that game, handled Texas A&M, who I thought coming in may have been a better team. Yeah, a lot of people did. Uh, and, and, you know, they really won the, they won the game, uh, you know, a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, Milrow uh, is a tremendous deep threat, but that defense, you know, was unbelievable. Uh, and, and all I heard from the experts I sit with and you sit with every week was how good the other side of the ball was. I mean, I was even I was even hearing from head coaches around the SEC that uh, you, you can't do it. I mean, nobody can deal with that defensive line. It, it was actually the other way around. Uh, I mean, that that final drive uh, that were Alabama. I mean, Alabama looked like uh, some of the great defenses of old. 
the, the problem with Alabama, though, Matt, is you, you can never trust them. Uh, I mean, they will just get in their own way. Uh, and, you know, this this game was a little different than the Ole Miss game uh, because they, they finally just kind of pulled away from Ole Miss. But, I mean, th- no matter what Alabama did, they, they managed to, to get the other team back in it. Um, and, you know, you look at their schedule and go, well, where else could they trip up? How about anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there was 14 nothing. They outscored AM in the second in the third quarter. That was the difference. And they come out, it was all AM in the first half, really. It was 17 10 at the half. They had all the momentum. They turned the ball over. AM got a turnover on defense, and Max Johnson turned it right back over oh. on an interception. That's kind of when it started changing because Alabama tied it. But again, it, they outscored a 14 nothing in the third. And then there was the old 3 2 fourth quarter. Uh, and and or Alabama gets out of there 26 20. But now, when you look at the SEC West, speaking of trust, do you trust Brian Kelly and LSU? I mean, look, credit them. They were down, I think it was 17 points, fourth largest comeback by any Brian Co- Kelly coach team in his career. They got out of Columbia with a win, but that defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, I, I think too many people, uh, you know, flip were probably watching OU Texas and saw the score and go, oh, okay. You know, that, I mean, that was a, a terrifying game, Matt, as you well know. Um, and it, I mean, I mean, there there were times in that game that there was no chance LSU could win, uh, and and then it just took, it, it took a, a couple of defensive stands, and then it took a, an utterly bizarre call by uh, Eli Drinkwitz. I think it was what fourth and thirty two. Well, yeah, punt it. You punt it. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it worked out for him. It pro- yeah proved that yeah he made the wrong call because they got the ball back. Yeah, but yeah, they would have been in such a better position and possibly could have won the game. Um, and but again, he, he kind of that was kind of a karma returned after uh, you know his, his boneheaded decision a couple of weeks ago on the on the sixty one yard field goal. He got away with. I mean, this time he didn't. And, and, Brian, and Brian Kelly is, is living on the edge. And I give him credit. I mean, that, that is a great win uh, because their season was over otherwise. And now they, you know, they, they have a, they can hang on for a while. Uh, and I, I'm not saying they're in it because their de- their defense looked slightly better. Um, but Jaden Daniels, Matt, I mean, no. he, he literally, I, I mean, I'm, I have rarely seen one guy carry an entire team like that. And you look at the schedule now, they have Auburn next week at home. They have Army at home. Then they go into the bye week against Alabama. And it's going to all come down to that. That's the game. I mean, it's going to all come down to that because Ole Miss, I, I mean, do you trust Ole Miss? I mean, they well, they, they no. almost stubbed their toe against Arkansas. I just the, – the West, to me, if you're looking at me and you say, Paul, put your career on someone you trust in the West – even Alabama's got trust issues, but I trust them more than anybody. Yeah, and the real problem for Ole Miss, and I, I hate to be a schedule long, but they have to go to Georgia. I mean, that you know, you talk about bad a bad bad break. Uh, I mean, they, they always you know they have Vanderbilt as their 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 permanent uh, until this year, uh, and you know they could have gotten anybody in the East. Uh, and, you know, they could have gotten Florida. They they could have gotten South Carolina, like, uh, <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, you, you name it, they got Georgia where they won't win that game. So uh, that's going to give them two losses. And I, I don't see how they were, they, they make that up. Yeah. And, and let's, let's the segue to Georgia because I was guilty of it. Everybody I work with at ESPN was guilty of it on the college football side, not the ones that have a weekday talk show that don't really cover college football. But um, when you look at Georgia, 
they weren't really uh, winning beauty contests in the first half. And it's like, okay, well, a slow start's going to come get them at some point. Well, what did they do last night against Kentucky? They're like, oh, you want to take the slow start? I'm Carson Beck. I'm one of the best young quarterbacks in the country. And we're going to carve you up and make this thing over at halftime. Rendering Kentucky, who had been the most impressive team a week prior, absolutely incapable of coming back. I was talking to Kirby Smart Friday. We were down there, Matt, and I mean, I made some line about you know you you, you get behind and you know that has to be dangerous and terrifying. He looked at me. It's not, it's not dangerous and terrifying. So you know, we embrace that. We know we're coming back. I mean, it was like nothing's bothering us uh, because I know what we have, and it just felt like night game, first legitimate game of the year. Even though you know you, you and I probably said you know is this really legitimate against Kentucky. Um, but it felt real, uh, and, and I think the team was just ready to sh- show everybody we've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm no. I'm, I'm. I'm not worried about Georgia. I really wasn't before. Now Georgia's once again is waiting for Alabama in, in the SEC championship game. And and that's it because we were all wondering like, okay, is Georgia gettable? Can Georgia get got? This it was fifty-one to thirteen, and it was over at halftime. In fact, here's when you know the game's over. When you start getting snarky McDonough in the second quarter, when Sean McDonough starts starts getting a little cranky with the officials, you're like, oh, he knows the game's over. Everybody knows the game's over. Well, in fairness to McDonough, he'd done a baseball game early in the week. He'd done three three uh, <laughs> preseason hockey games. I'm not sure he really knew where he was. <laughs> yeah. And so now, I mean, you look at we, – we had preseason, looked at Georgia's schedule, and we're like, oh, this is – this is nice. So they now do the gauntlet of Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Florida, who beat Vanderbilt. Missouri, like they almost got beaten by Missouri a year ago. So Missouri, but Missouri's got to go between the hedges. Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia Tech. That's not exactly a murderer's row to end the season. Now, a couple of those games are going to have to grab their attention. But based on what I saw yesterday, there isn't one team that you're going to convince me that's going to hang on the field with them for four quarters. No, I mean, the, the most dangerous is at Tennessee, but, uh, you know, the next two weeks we'll, we'll, we'll know whether Tennessee is legitimate or not. Right now they're, they remain a complete mystery. Yeah. They're kind of they're that, that Halloween costume. Like we don't really know what they're dressed up as yet because some weeks they look like a monster and other weeks they, they lost to Florida, which makes me very worried about them. They may have been in a Barbie costume that night. Um, game of the day. I want to start with where football started, and you mentioned Oklahoma Tech's at the state fairgrounds. No matter when, save for last year, because it was 49 0, and Dylan Gabriel didn't play. It was a complete outmatch. It was a complete indictment of Brett Venables in year one. He has since taken back over the defense. And with the defense playing the way that it is, and Dylan Gabriel playing the way that it is, and that final drive, I thought Texas and Sark was going to go in there with that final field goal and get this win and stay in the hunt for a playoff berth. Yesterday completely flipped the Big 12 on its axis because these two teams are going to meet again. But for right here, right now, Paul, you've got to seriously talk about Oklahoma as a legitimate contender for a college football playoff spot. Yeah, number one, I'll get this out of the way. I mean, Texas is still a really good team. But let me move them out of the way because they're no longer really relevant (laughs) in this conversation. I, I, I cannot be more impressed with Brent Venables because I, I really had my doubts uh, and you couldn't help but have your doubts after 49 to nothing last year, but he has come of age. 
we didn't really, we couldn't really tell. And, and I had Oklahoma fans and friends kept telling me, hey, you know, you're wrong. They're great. I said, calm down. You've beaten nobody. But I mean, I'm the biggest stage uh, that they'll play in until they play again <laughs> against Texas. Uh, I mean, that that was just amazing. Uh, and you know, the fact that they had the game one, I mean, that game was over and then they let it slip away and then they got it back, I think just, you know, reinforces, uh, you know, how well Venables has progressed as a head coach. And, you know, Dylan Gabriel was, was just uh, pure magic at times to, to watch. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you, you, are, you, you have to forgive the mistakes of considering the atmosphere and the environment and what was going on. But uh, that's, a, that's one of the big wins I've seen in a long time. And it meant so much uh, because there had, been a, there had been a degree of apprehension from Oklahoma people yeah. about coming into the SEC because Texas was the big bad and they felt like they were just kind of following their, their big brother in, but uh, there's no there's no longer uh, any apprehension, uh, and and SEC fans are already claiming them now for this year. They're trying to get credit for Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, Greg Sankey was at the State Fair yesterday for that yeah. game, so he he's already planted his flag with both of those schools. And I I thought about this yesterday watching it because I go way back with Oklahoma Texas for my small market television gig and local TV, and then and in Dallas where that game is played. I was there for five years, so I've seen that game numerous times. And it was always the game of the year in the Big 12 South. No matter what, it was the game of the year, and it was really one of the games of the year in college football. But then, Paul, what would happen is Oklahoma and Texas, after they got done with an all-time classic, they'd go play Kansas, and they'd go play another Oklahoma. They'd go play another Big 12 game. That's done after this year. And I started thinking big picture for both Oklahoma and Texas – if you're going to make a run at the college football playoff, you had better do it this year because next year, and I don't know the schedule, it's not in front of me, but you're going to come out of this game and then have to go suit up against LSU. Yeah. Are going to have to go suit up against Tennessee. Are going to have to go suit up against Florida. It's a completely different ball game for both of these programs. So do it now until you get used to what's coming. No, Oklahoma has Georgia. Uh, excuse me, Texas has Georgia at home next year. Oklahoma has Alabama. Uh, That's following this. No, wait, somewhere. Oh, have, okay, the schedule has not been released. Yeah, but, right. but, I mean, th those are the games that are already set. Yeah. Um, and no, they, it won't be the next week. Uh, but it, it, I mean, they're both their schedules are are pretty treacherous. Uh, but that, you're right, 100 correct about that. And and I think they're both. I think that game, uh, there's definitely a spot on the line in that game, regardless of how the rest of the season turns oh, out. Oh, it's, it's so good. I mean, I you just sit here and you think about everything we saw yesterday, and that's where we'll leave you. Paul, I want you, if you, if you could, we do this every week, first Saturday in October, uh, left us with so much drama, so much jaw-dropping decisions and just unbelievable finishes. How would you sum up what we saw at the week six college football season, Mark? Well, as great as uh, as great as the wins was for for Oklahoma and Alabama, and you know the criticism, uh, the fact that I'm about to mention Deion Sanders for the first time uh, is actually breaking news. But Matt, we are it, it will transcend sports. The stupidity of Mario Cristobal that that will be when, when you're walking down the hallway on Monday, whether it's at your place or mine or uh, at an auto shop or 
uh, or, or in an insurance company, people are going to be talking about that because, I mean, you just, there are very few times in our industry where you see something uh, as boneheaded and moronic as what we saw from Miami and Mario. And, and it pains me to say, because I, I like you, I, I keep in touch with Mario all the time. He, but that's beside the point. That doesn't matter. Uh, that, that this is, I mean, it, it, we would be derelict. We would be as derelict in our job by, by not calling him out as he was in his job. I mean, I had, I had a head coach uh, text me this morning saying, have you ever seen a, a more egregious display of coaching malpractice than that? And the answer is no. Yeah. And from someone who sits next to Dan Mullen three, four days a week, you can only imagine what his reaction was while all this is going on. And it's look, you're going to remember it for the wrong reasons, but there's a lot of football left to play. And here's one thing I know to be true. If that's how we're going to start the midway point of the season and finish it and then start the rest of October, boy, are we in for a treat of absolute college football chaos. It is the greatest, stupidest sport on the his in the history of the world. And we are here with a front row seat. Paul, great stuff. I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. Where are we headed for SEC? Uh, Knoxville, uh, A&M and Tennessee. Oh, okay, good. We'll have some Jimbo Fisher uh, anecdotes next week and see if uh, see if Josh Heupel can't get it done. For Paul Feinbaum, I'm Matt Berry. Thank you for watching the Matt Berry Show on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel.